ladies and gentlemen, to the Napoleon Bonaparte podcast, episode 46, a uh, special episode that I am recording here in the home of my colleague and good friend, the Honourable J. David Martin. Well, hello, uh, Cameron uh, and, and listeners. Uh, this is the second time that we were able to do something live and in person. Uh, the first one was a long time ago, one of our earlier episodes where we were in San Francisco, and and now we're we're sitting in, in my library uh, and uh, sitting at our desk, and 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 Cameron has developed an ailment, I'm afraid, and. And, and as a result, uh, is in need of uh, some of the same medication that, that I take. And so we, uh, we're sitting here each, each uh, getting older by the minute and, and, and taking the medication to stave off the, uh, the tragedy of old age, I suppose. So some of us older than, than others of us. Uh, and, and it is a, a bittersweet moment. Uh, we had planned on doing this. Uh, Cameron is, is here to, uh, to visit for a few days and... And we had planned on doing a, a podcast uh, from the library, one of our normal podcasts. But today's uh, podcast is, 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 is a very sad podcast, actually, uh, because as, as many of you know, uh, back in the mid-1990s, uh, Ben Weeder uh, from Montreal, Canada, uh, created the International Napoleonic Society. Uh, shortly thereafter, and I, I think it was 95, uh, he asked me to be the editor-in-chief, and then he, about a year later, I became the, the executive vice president. And for the past 13 years or so, Ben and I have worked to, to promote the, the, the goals of the society, which was to, to uh, promote good, solid Napoleonic research, better understanding of Napoleon, uh, getting beyond the, the British uh, propaganda that has provided much of the, the image of Napoleon in the English-speaking world, and, and to, to show the world you know, the, the true nature of, of, of Napoleon and his times, uh, recognizing that, that, of course, not everything was, was always perfect, but, but that Napoleon was a very positive force. And, over the years, uh, Ben and I became very good friends, and and uh, when I lived in, in West Palm Beach, Florida, uh, he and I would get together uh, from time to time because he had a condominium in, in Boca Raton, and and even after we moved to the West Coast, Ben and I would talk on the phone and email back and forth and so on. Well, I was in Philadelphia uh, last Friday, I, I think it was the the 17th, and uh, received word that, that Ben uh, died uh, on, on, on the 17th uh, of uh, October. Uh, ironically, uh, the following week, the, there was a, a, an exhibition opening for a very, very wonderful collection that Ben Weeder had donated to the Museum of Decorative Arts uh, in, in, in Montreal. And there was a gala uh, uh, ceremony uh, with hundreds and hundreds of people and a tour of the, the exhibition and then a dinner for 100 of his closest friends. And, and, and I was honored, of course, to be, to be a part of all of that. 
this was to be a, a, a wonderful occasion. Uh, ben died a week before it was to take place, and and so as a result was, was not there to see the fruition of his very, very generous uh, donation. He, his donation included uh, 100 items, uh, some very large and beautiful paintings, some unbelievable uh, statues, uh, some snuff boxes and so on, uh, but especially it included items that, that were Napoleon's. It, it included one of his shirts, it included you know some other material, and, and, and most famously it, it included the hat that he wore at the Battle of Borodino in Russia in, in 1812. Uh, it, 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 it was a wonderful and generous gift and it's a reflection of the kind of person that, that Ben was. Uh, I mean, he, 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 he had made a, a, an enormous fortune, and he could have done, you know, anything that he wanted to with that fortune. But what he chose to do was to promote Napoleonic history, to, to promote and to, to see to the, the, the proving of, of the idea that Napoleon was poisoned by getting the various hairs and sending them off to various toxicologists. He was dedicated to that. He did, dedicated his, his life to, to getting the truth out about Napoleon. He amassed this, this wonderful collection and then, and then gave it to, to the museum. Many of you know that I'm an educator uh, by by trade, and I, I've taught college and, and, and high school for for many many years, uh, and, and I was very touched by the fact that he insisted that there be a free brochure, uh, a, a a three or four fold full color beautiful brochure uh, that would be available to anyone who came to the museum for free that explains. Uh, one, of, one is in French and the other is in English, uh, that explains the collection, the importance of the collection, and, and explains the pieces. And, and he wanted it written in such a way that, that school kids, as well as the general public, would be able to understand it. Uh, it just shows you, you know, what, what a classy guy uh, he, he, he really was. Uh, and and, and I, I, I have to tell you that, you know, Knowing Ben, being his friend, was, was really one of the, the, the great things of, of, of my life. And, 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 I, and I say that advisedly. It, I know that sounds like a cliche and something that everybody would say at a funeral or whatever. Uh, but but I, I want you to know how, how much I really mean it. Working with Ben to promote a, a better understanding of Napoleonic history has been one of the, the great pleasures and, and honors of, of my life. And, and I can tell you that, that his son, Eric, has made it very, very clear, uh, and, and I want to make very, very clear, that the International Napoleonic Society will continue. Uh, there will be uh, the same kind of events, the same kind of things that, that, that are going on uh, in the future as, as, as have gone on. Uh, in the past, uh, and, and and I'm dedicated to doing all I can to see to it that that, that works. Can I, can I stop you there, David? For people who aren't Please. overly familiar with the INS, 
what what sort of things does it do? Uh, you know, what, what what's its function on a, on a practical level uh, every year, and what sort of benefits do members of the INS uh, receive? Well, first of all, let me explain what we mean by members. The the, the International Napoleonic Society is not an organization where you can send in your, your 50 bucks a year or whatever and, and, and buy a membership and, 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 and get a, you know, a, a catalog or, or a magazine or whatever. Uh, you have to be nominated and, and you can self-nominate to become what we call a fellow of the International Napoleonic Society. Uh, and and some, some of those nominations were sent directly to Ben, quite a few of them came to me. And we look for people who have made significant contributions to Napoleonic history and toward the, the understanding of Napoleonic history. Now, many of these people are uh, scholars, people who teach history, people who have written books, who have done very, very serious research. But we have people who have made other contributions as well. Uh, you, for example, are a fellow of the International Napoleonic Society because not only are you obviously very knowledgeable about about Napoleonic history, I'm also handsome. And 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 of Do you course, have to be handsome to be a fellow. You're, well, you're 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 pretty good looking. You you don't quite live up to the standards established by the the executive vice president, of course. But but uh, you know you're you know for for an Australian, you're not too bad. You know for an Aussie, you know, but uh, an Aussie. An Aussie, you know. The way you say that's funny. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, for an Australian to say the way I say something sounds funny is, of course, a it's little bit Aussie, mate. It's a, Aussie. It's, it's, it's a little tough. Oz. It's a little tough to take. The Wizard of Oz. Well, I see. Aussie. Okay. Aussie. Well, Aussie. I stand corrected. Anyway, actually, yeah. I sit corrected, as correct. the case may be. But, but seriously. Uh, I, I recommended you to be a fellow, and, and my recommendations are, are, were always followed by Ben, because you have made this podcast uh, available, and, and we have over 30,000 people out there who, who, who tune into this thing. I always tell people, 30,000 people with nothing better to do with their time than to listen to me and Cameron talk about Napoleon. It's almost the population of Olympia, Washington. Well, that's exactly right. You know, that's 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 quite a, a deal. So, so the people become a fellow. Uh, they can nominate to become a fellow, and uh, so not not just anyone can. Well, that's that's right. Not not just anyone. Another example is 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 a, a friend of you and I who who happens to be sitting in the in the in the room with us now, and that's Sean Richards. Who say hello, who, Sean. Hello, everyone. <laughs> okay, the Sean Richards. For for those of you who have also drinking medicine. Also, also he has the same affliction that I do. Apparently, it's very contagious. And my, you come to my library, and you have to have my medication. Uh, but Sean, you know, is is composing a a, a musical on Napoleon, and he has uh, performed uh, along with uh, uh, Christine and Craig. Uh, uh, the, the the music before uh, several groups, most notably in Corsica this this past summer. Now I just mentioned that, that we're going to to have an opportunity for you to to uh, get one of these uh, signed uh, C CDs of of uh, Sean's uh, music, and we're very very fortunate to have here here in our studio, such as it is. Uh, uh, Sean Richard, who is a very dear friend of mine. He, he teaches at uh, Blanchette uh, High School in Seattle. Uh, he's a music director there. He's a composer. 
Uh, he's a performer, uh, and I've heard him play the drums. I've I've heard him uh, uh, sing and, and and so on. He's he, he's really an extraordinarily accomplished person, and he's a very dear friend of mine. And and he's going to talk to you a little bit about his music, and he's going to tell you what you have to do to get this CD. And I'm telling you, you want to listen to him and you want to do what he says because the CD is very, very worth it. Thank you, David. Well, I am in the process of writing a musical about Napoleon, specifically about the period of time, the 100 days. Um, the plan right now is that in the summer of 2010, we will be doing a production of it here in Seattle. I said here in Seattle, we're actually in Olympia. Yeah, I was going to say we're in Olympia, thank you very much. <laughs> but in Seattle, uh, we'll be doing a, perform uh, a production of it on stage. Um, but in the meantime, I have been uh, working on the script and working on the music, and thanks to David, I have uh, had several opportunities to perform the music that we have uh, recorded so far uh, to perform it live, including at the Congress in Corsica, which was really, really a great experience, and uh, I just can't say enough about that. I would like to um, uh, throw in my condolences uh, about Ben Weeder. Unfortunately, I never had an opportunity to meet him, uh, but it's ironic that just about a month ago I had sent him a copy of the CD along with a letter thanking him for um, uh, my uh, becoming a fellow in the Napoleonic Society and also for the wonderful things that he did to help the Congress uh, be such a great experience, particularly our, our trip to Elba. And uh, I told him that I looked forward to meeting him. Well, he sent me a beautiful letter back on the INS letterhead and uh, uh, was it was just really really a nice letter and so when I saw actually I read in Sports Illustrated about his death because of his uh, involvement in bodybuilding and um, so I emailed David right away and, and we got that so I was very sad to hear that but uh, I was I was uh, glad that at least I had a little bit of, of contact with him, even though it was not was not directly involved. Um, so the uh, musical that I'm writing, like I said, we hope to have it on the stage in the summer of 2010, and we have a, a CD that we produced, um, which has uh, five of the songs on it, and we're going to give those away to the uh, five podcast listeners that send in uh, a paragraph that then the podcast listeners themselves are going to vote on. And we would like you to write uh, 200 words or less on what it is that you admire most about Napoleon. And then Cameron will put uh, the first 30 on the website and uh, then you can read them and we're going to have the listeners uh, vote on those, and then the uh, the top five vote getters will get a CD signed by myself and Craig Shell and Christine Dunaway and Mo Mershon uh, uh, of the music. And um, also, if those of you that are interested in kind of following the progress of the musical, you can go to my website, which is napoleonmusical.com. Pretty easy, 
and uh, you can read about me and read about the project and kind of follow the progress of it. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Cameron here, folks. If uh, you want to send in those uh, uh, paragraphs, make them uh, sort of, we're thinking, you know, 200 words or less. You can write something longer if you want, but don't go overboard because these will have to go up on the website. Email them to me. That's Cameron at thepodcastnetwork.com, C-A-M-E-R-O-N at thepodcastnetwork.com. And, and these CDs, by the way, first of all, the music is wonderful. And the good news is that, that while they will be signed by all these uh, people involved with them, I won't sign them. So they, they may actually become valuable. So you see, Sean is an example of the kind of person who can become a fellow of the International Napoleonic Society, uh, someone who has accomplished a great deal to promote the understanding and appreciation of Napoleon. So you have to be doing something that promotes Napoleonic history to become a fellow. So we have approximately a thousand fellows, roughly 500 in North America, 500 in the rest of, of the world. Now what the INS does is to, it is a general principle, as I've said, promote Napoleonic history. We do this in a number of ways. Of course, we have a, a, a very popular website with hundreds of thousands of people that, that, that hit on it from time to time. We have uh, uh, awards that we give uh, to people who write important books on Napoleon. We have literary awards that we give every year. We have the uh, Legion of Merit, which is our highest award. It's a gold medal, which is actually produced by the same company that produces the medals for the Olympics, and it, it looks somewhat similar. And as, again, our listeners know, uh, again, at my, at my suggestion, we honored Cameron with, with the Legion of Merit uh, this summer. Uh, what we and Ben Weeder, I, I must say, also has uh, funded in, in the name of the INS and, and of the Weeder Foundation a, a chair in Napoleonic history at, at the Institute of Napoleon and French Revolution at Florida State, and he has funded some uh, scholarships. And what we do that that most of our fellows are involved with uh, is produce uh, from time to time uh, Napole international Napoleonic congresses. And we've done two in France, we've done one in Italy, one in Israel, one in the Republic of Georgia, uh, one in, in uh, Poland. Uh, the next one is likely to be in Montreal, Montreal uh, in, in the summer of 2009 so that we can see uh, Ben Weider's exhibition and that we can uh, you know, pay some tribute to him. Uh, it'll be the first one outside of, of Europe or Asia. Now, these congresses bring together scholars from around the world uh, to share their research, share their ideas, and, 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 and generally uh, have an opportunity to interact with other scholars from around the world. And we typically have Europeans, uh, Americans, Canadians, Australians, uh, people from Asia, uh, you name it, and certainly from Israel, one of our largest contingents and most loyal group of, of, of supporters is, is from the, the state of Israel. Uh, so this is one of the most important things we do is bring these people together, give them a chance to interact and to share their ideas. But we do other things. For example, this past summer, as most of our loyal listeners know, 
we we had you, Cameron, come and and uh, record many of the sessions and do some video, uh, and we're going to put that together on a, on a, on a DVD for for people who were at the Congress and anyone else who would like to uh, to uh, buy one. Uh, and we had we had Sean and his 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 friends, uh, Christine and Craig, come to uh, Corsica to perform their music at a gala banquet that was put on by one of the regional governments. Very, very well received. Uh, uh, I heard any number of people afterward tell me that, you know, this is just was a wonderful opportunity to hear some fabulous music. Uh, and we went to the island of Elba, you know, to give you an idea of the generosity of Ben Weeder. He arranged for two charter flights to take the group from Corsica to Elba. We spent a day on Elba touring the Napoleonic sites. Uh, we were wined and dined by, by the, the government uh, on Elba and then, and, then, and then back to Corsica. It was a fabulous experience for those people who were fortunate enough to, to be there. Uh, and I, and I want to point out, and we'll, we'll do something with this at, at the end, but the, the music that was played uh, Les Cent Jours de Napoleon, The Hundred Days of Napoleon, uh, that Sean is, has created, uh, is, is on a DVD, and we're going to come up with something at the end of the program where a few of you will have a chance to, to get some of that. The, we're going to give you a question of some kind, and we'll have to think about what that question is going to be. Uh, another sip or two of our medication, and we'll come up with something good, and, and we'll, we'll ship that out to you. Uh, and later on, if if uh, if if you Cameron you know ever ever get it in gear and, and get this thing done, uh, we'll actually have the DVD of the Congress with a bonus feature. Tomorrow, uh, Cameron and I are going to do a video of my collection. It won't be the whole collection, but it'll be a little chance to see you know my library and a few items of my collection. And we'll put that on the DVD as well. So, so, so you don't forget, call before midnight tonight, as the old commercials <laughs> go for these things. But we do this sort of thing. And let, me, let me ask you about your relationship with... Uh, no, actually, let me ask you about Ben's passion for Napoleon. Do you know much about where it started, why he was so interested in Napoleon? Well, I think Ben was like me in that respect. I think he... Uh, gained this, this admiration and, 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 and fondness for things Napoleon at a very early age. Uh, and he became very, very dedicated to it. Uh, we cannot overstate the importance of Ben Weider to our understanding of the nature of Napoleon and certainly, of course, most famously, uh, the cause of Napoleon's death. Uh, he has single-handedly, uh, really, uh, created knowledge and promoted the idea of the poisoning of Napoleon. And it has gone from what a few people would have considered, you know, kind of a crackpot idea at the beginning to something that has become very, very widely accepted by historians across the, the world. Uh, many of the initial uh, skeptics were in France, but even in France now we find uh, an awful lot of acceptance of, of this idea of the poisoning of Napoleon. But even beyond that, just his overall promotion of Napoleonic history 
uh, whether it was the INS, whether it was his collection being donated, whether it was the scholarships of the chair at the university, going around the world, giving lectures. Uh, he did research on Napoleon and the Jews. Uh, he's done research on other aspects of Napoleon. Uh, he, he was a giant in the field, and, and you just cannot begin to, to, to comprehend you know, the importance of Ben Weider to Napoleonic history. But he, he wasn't a historian, was he? He was just a, a guy who had a passion from a lifelong passion, a wealthy businessman who had a lifelong passion for Napoleon. I mean, I mean, not a not a professional historian. Well, it depends on what you mean by professional historian. He was very, very well read. He did a tremendous amount of research. Uh, he had an honorary doctorate. He he didn't have a degree in history in, in that sense, but he's written numerous books on Napoleon, and <laughs> and and his books have been some of the best selling books in history translated into, you know, 20 languages or more. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. One of the saddest things to me is he and I were working on a book together, uh, you know, when he died, and, and, and I'm still hoping that, that we can get that, uh, that, I can finish that book and we can get it uh, get it published. But, but uh, yeah, I, I have to say he, he was a historian in any, in any realistic sense of the word. But not, but not a professional historian. He was, he, I mean, apart from writing books, but he was a basically like many businessmen. I mean, I, I've heard rumors that uh, Microsoft CEO Steve Barmer is somebody who's quite passionate about Napoleon. Although I haven't been able to connect with Steve to verify that yet. But while I'm in Seattle, I'm going to try and do that. Um, and you know, I know that uh, I know a number of businessmen around the world. Uh, Conrad Black, I know, is passionate about Napoleon. Has written some stuff about him. I know that. Uh, 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 um, uh, one of my Riley's uh, guy who runs Heinz, the CEO of Heinz. He's a passionate Napoleon historian. It's common with uh, many entrepreneurs and business people around the world. Well, I'm sure that's true. Uh, and, and there are people who, who will go to business groups and lecture on, on Napoleon as a leader. Uh, I gave a lecture one time to a group of retired uh, army officers, mostly colonels and, and lieutenant colonels and a couple of generals on Napoleon as, as a military commander. Uh, Napoleon was such an incredibly great person on so many different levels that it's not a bit surprising that, that some of the, the tycoons of modern American business, and, and I would think business in, in, in Europe and Australia as well, would be interested in him. Uh, but if you define historian as someone who produces important historical work and produces new and important information, about a particular topic in history, in this case Napoleon, I would say absolutely that, that, that Ben Weider was not just a historian, but he was an extremely important historian. Uh, can I also ask you, Ben's perspective on Napoleon, you and I were talking earlier today about Ben's perspective on Napoleon. He was, uh, I mean, we know that our listeners of the show know that um, you and I are both pro-Napoleon, uh, and Ben was extremely pro-Napoleon. Oh, absolutely. Uh, ben believed, as I believe, that Napoleon was a major positive force in history. Uh, and Ben believed that, and again, uh, he was absolutely correct on this, that the bad image that Napoleon has with so many people in the English-speaking world is because of the initial British propaganda against Napoleon which has been promulgated through the generations, even today, 
You know, if you if you read most British historians' books on Napoleon, and I've got you know dozens of them in my library. We're sitting here surrounded by over a thousand books on Napoleon right now, and almost without exception, the ones written by British historians tend to take a negative tack toward Napoleon, which is not to say they don't recognize that he was very talented and he did some good things. I'm I'm not, you know, painting them all with the same brush. They usually say he was a great general, but a bad guy. Well, you know, it, it, it's like the, the, the very famous saying by my, my old friend David Chandler, the late David Chandler, who in spite of the fact that he was British, uh, you know, was a good friend of mine and I was at his <laughs> house and, 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 and knew his wife, Jill, and and one, one, one time when I went to his house, he, you know, when I was studying at Oxford uh, back in the 90s, he, he took me on a tour of Sandhurst. I mean, he's a wonderful fellow, but he always liked to say Napoleon was a great bad man. And, and you know, that used to just drive me up the wall because Napoleon was not a bad man by any stretch of the imagination. But this is classic British. They will, they will admit that he was great in the sense that he, he was brilliant. He accomplished a lot of things. He he certainly was an icon for a whole era, uh, but that he was ultimately bad. And, and that's baloney. And, and Ben Weider dedicated his life to seeing to it that people understood that that was baloney, that Napoleon was, in fact, a good, positive force in history. And I got to tell you, I've dedicated an awful lot of my adult life to exactly the same premise. And, and I'm hoping to have another 20 years to continue to dedicate my life to that premise. Ben was Canadian, grew up in Canada? Yes. Which is obviously, like Australia, a former uh, British colony, a member of the British Commonwealth. So he would have grown up with that same heritage, British uh, perspective of Napoleon as the, you know, the uh, early 19th century version of Hitler. Well, I don't know that the, even most of those British authors may not go quite as far as to mm -hmm. say he was the little dictator. Yeah, that's some of them. Ways depicted. Well, but you know, you can be you can accuse somebody of being a dictator and, and not accuse them of being something as, as horrific as, as a Hitler. I mean, there's lots of dictators who don't go anywhere near as far as Hitler. But, he's, but it's he's, also he's true. blind with the so-called Napoleonic Wars. Right? Well, sure, millions sure. of people died. But. Well, not, and by the way, it wasn't millions. You, you have a tendency to exaggerate your numbers, but but the but the, uh, the the fact is, you can you can be well, you do, but you you can be accused of being a dictator, and you can be accused of being a warmonger, and not be accused of being a Hitler. Very very few people yeah. would ever suggest that Napoleon was Hitler. Oh, well, I think that is uh, the common also, perception, though. No, I, mean, I no, I just in I just people agree. who grew up in Commonwealth countries. No, there were. There were there was a book Napoleon and Hitler and so forth. But anyway, the the point I wanted to make about Canada, and and Ben and I never really talked about this, so I, I don't know. It's a very fascinating question, particularly when you realize that he, he he's in Montreal. He was in Montreal, mm. which is French Canadian. Mm. So you know they they speak French there, and and it's hard to say. And I really don't know the fact that he was in French Canada as opposed to British Canada whether or not that gave him a different perspective, whether Napoleon was treated differently in the, the schools in Quebec than would be treated that he would be treated in, 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 in the British parts of the Commonwealth. I, I, I would assume there might be some difference, Cameron, but to be honest, I, I don't know. And that's you know, when somebody dies, like like when my father died mm. many years ago, you know, Many, many, many times I said, oh, 
God, I wish I would have asked him this question, or I wish I'd have asked him that question. You know, same with my mom. She died a, a little less than two years after my dad. They both died very young. He, he was 62, she was 56. And, and, and given that I'm 62, I find that very discouraging, uh, although I'm adopted, so I don't have you know, the same bloodline. But when they died, and I was very young, I was in my 20s, uh, you know, I, I, I could shoot myself for not having asked them this question or that question, got them to tell me this story, explain that. And the same is true with Ben Weeder. Try not to I mean, bang the table, man. You're banging the microphone. Ben, ben was a dear, dear friend of mine, even though I, I got to see him face to face all, all too seldom. And I would have loved to have just had more time to sit down and talk with him and say, you know, get him to tell me about what it was like to learn about Napoleon, you know, in, 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 in Montreal schools. You know, but even my French friends that I know, people who grew up in France, don't seem to know much about Napoleon or have a, a, at least a, a positive perspective on Napoleon. I don't think Napoleonic history is taught very deeply in France even. Well, I think that the, the French, from what I know, have, you know, a certain mixture of opinion about Napoleon. They, 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 they see him in terms of la gloire, you know, the glory of France, and, and certainly in terms of some of his reforms and so on. But they also recognize that, that he presided over a period of a great deal of warfare, and that you know, at the end of it all, uh, an awful lot of his reforms were at least temporarily rolled back. And I've talked to French people who, who question whether or not, you know, uh, Napoleon was overall good, bad, or indifferent to, to French history. Yeah. At any rate, to get to get back to Ben, you know, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna miss Ben. An awful lot of people are gonna miss miss Ben. You know, Napoleonic history has has taken a blow from from Ben's death. Even even though the INS will continue, uh, clearly, you know, Ben was a a major motivating factor and in a, in a major factor in in the. Uh, the development and promotion of the INS and, and, and understanding Napoleonic history. But, but I, I, I really want to say that, and, and this is, this is, you know, I'm glad I got my medication because, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to talk about this. You know, we, when we were at, uh, at this stuff in Montreal and I, I had a chance to talk with Eric and a chance to see uh, his, you know, the, uh, Ben's wife, Uget, who I hadn't seen in, I, I suppose, nine or ten years because when I moved to the West Coast that I no longer had the chance to see her or, or, or Ben. Uh, a, a truly wonderful woman, by the way. Very elegant looking, very distinguished, very warm, you know, just just a, a true lady. Uh, and, and she handled herself with, with grace and dignity. Uh, you know, she, she was required to give a, a little talk at this, 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 this function that we had with several hundred people. You know, and the, the French ambassador spoke, Prince Charles Napoleon spoke, uh, you know, uh, a senator spoke, a few other pe people spoke. And then she and the family stood up and, and you know, uh, Eric and his two brothers and, 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 
you know, one of their kids and, and who get. And she gave such a warm and graceful and, and elegant talk. And I mean, just a true lady, uh, just like Ben, who was a, a true gentleman. It was very, very difficult uh, for, for all of us. Uh, and then at the dinner, a number of people, including myself, spoke. And, and we all remembered Ben in, in, in different ways. Some of them knew him in business. Some of them knew him through his philanthropy. And, and, and of course, people like me and my dear friend, General Michel Franceschi, uh, knew him through the Napoleonic uh, Society, International Napoleonic Society. Uh, but but the sort of the bottom line for me, if you'll forgive the, the, the cliche, is, you know, I'll miss the friend that Ben had become. You know, I'll miss his emails, his phone calls, the, the all too few times that I had to, to, to spend with him. You know, these were genuine pleasures. Uh, it's, in the modern world, and, and by the way, Ben was 85 years old when he died, but let me tell you, he was, he was a, a pretty doggone modern man. I mean, he, he knew what was going on out there. He was into the technology. He knew the importance of websites and so on. And we would email back and forth all the time. Uh, we never talked on Skype, you know, like you and I, Cameron, but we, we, did, we, we did all the rest. Uh, you know, he, he understood that, all, all, of the, all of that stuff, all of the modern stuff. Uh, and in the modern world, you can maintain friendships, deep personal friendships, through the electronic media. I mean, it's, it's one of the very strange aspects of, of modern life, that once you establish a friendship, and we establish it in face-to-face -face meetings, of course, when I live in Florida, you can maintain that for a very long time just with phone calls and emails and, and, and so on. And, and let, me, let me tell you, Ben's, Ben's death leaves a void in, in my life that, that will never be filled. But it also has to be said, and, and forgive me if, I, if I'm rambling a little bit, but this is, this is very emotional for me. And, and it's, it's, it's hard to to sit here at my desk, you know, with two very dear friends with me, but talking into a little round microphone uh, that looks like something out of Star Wars, by the way, uh, and talk about someone like Ben who has meant so much to me. I, I've got to back up and tell you, listen, I've been very fortunate in life. I've, I've had a fair amount of success in my Napoleonic career you know, with my books and the podcasts and so forth. And I owe a huge amount of that to the opportunities that Ben gave me and the personal and professional support that Ben gave me. You know, being the vice president of the INS, producing these congresses with his blessing, his support, financial and, and otherwise, has given me a chance to, to meet people and to do things that I never ever dreamed I would have. And, 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 and I owe so much of that to Ben. Other people have also been helpful to me. You know, people like Proctor Patterson Jones, the, the late Proctor Jones, who was a dear friend of mine. Professor Don Horward of the Institute of Napoleon and French Revolution, 
you, Cameron, for for contacting me and, and, and doing this podcast. A lot of people have helped me become however successful I've been able to to come. But 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 no one has done more for me than Ben Weeder did, and I will be forever grateful for that. But even beyond that, his passing leaves a, a personal void in my life that that really will never be filled. But 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 like all those people who were in Montreal and so many other people around the world, I will always have and I will always cherish the memories of my friendship with a truly wonderful and, and, and great man. So ladies and gentlemen, I I know you're out there and you may or may not have glasses, but Sean and Cameron and I are going to 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 drink a toast to to a dear friend, a mentor, an absolute giant in the field of Napoleonic history, a person who I will I will miss at a deep and personal level, but all of us, whether or not you ever knew him, whether or not you really were aware of all that he did, if you value Napoleonic history, if you like the emperor, and if you have enjoyed our podcast over all of this time, you need to be aware that you, as well as I, all of us have lost a very, very dear friend. So here is to my friend and your friend. Here's to a giant in the field. Here's to Ben Weeder. To Ben. To Ben. To Ben.